Hello and welcome to Fidelity Next, a podcast for post-secondary students brought to you by Fidelity Investments Canada, where we'll provide you with the tools you need to navigate your impending careers successfully in today's landscape. Fidelity Canada has a long history of meeting students directly on campus. During the pandemic, we haven't been able to visit campuses, and we hope these Fidelity Next live interactive webcasts and podcasts will bridge that gap and provide you with the information we share during typical sessions on campus. Expanding on a topic first surfaced earlier this year, today we look at opportunities within Fidelity Canada's sales team. Host Quinn Flaherty is joined by Kate Bacco, Business Development Manager Senior, and Patrick Farkas, Manager of Regional Sales. Kate, Patrick, and Quinn discuss the role of the advisor sales team here at Fidelity, the specific positions and responsibilities of the individual members of the sales team, and what opportunities are available for new hires coast to coast. Kate and Patrick expand on their individual career growth and also share the development and training that is available for members of the sales team as they progress through the various sales roles. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of Fidelity Investments Canada ULC or its affiliates. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. It is not an offer to sell or buy or an endorsement, recommendation, or sponsorship of any entity or security cited. Read a fund's prospectus before investing. Funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. Fees, expenses, and commissions are all associated with fund investments. Hello, and welcome to Fidelity Next. My name is Quinn Flaherty. I am the Research and Thought Leadership Manager here at Fidelity Investments Canada, and I'm super excited to be your host of today's webcast. And today, we're going to be talking all about a career in sales. Now, let's start off by asking a question. You've probably been in a situation or a scenario like this. You're speaking with friends, you're speaking with family members about your career, or perhaps you're talking about their career. And the prospect of a career in sales comes up, and sometimes there's differing opinions about it. Well, the fact of the matter is that there's no singular type of personality, set of experiences, or academic background that defines uh, what a successful salesperson looks like. And there's also the fact of the matter that many companies, especially Fidelity Investments Canada, provide immense levels of training and support that can set you up for success um, for a career in sales. And so today's webcast is really all about that, giving you a very clear view and understanding about what sales at Fidelity is all about, the training and support that can make you a very successful salesperson, and really to give you the information that you can use to decide if this career path in sales is right for you. And I'm super excited to have two amazing colleagues joining me today to give you that clear understanding about everything at sales here at Fidelity. Uh, Kate Bacco uh, started her career at Fidelity in 2016. Kate is now a senior business development manager in Western Canada for Fidelity. And Patrick Farkas is joining us as well. He's the manager of regional sales here at Fidelity in the Vancouver office, who's responsible for the day-to-day support of many of our sales team out in Western Canada. Both have immense amounts of experience um, in different roles and positions at Fidelity, and they're going to be providing their views today. Kate, Patrick, welcome to Fidelity Next. How are you guys doing today? Hi, Quinn. Great. It's so good to be here. Nice to see everyone virtually and looking forward to today's event. Hello, everyone. Uh, Happy Halloween. Very excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. So, Kate, I want to start um, with a question for you. And and Patrick, welcome your thoughts as well on this. 
I did mention in my intro, you've had many different positions here at Fidelity. This may be our audience's first time getting to meet you. Can you talk a bit about your start at Fidelity and in your current role at the company? Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Quinn. Nice to meet everyone. I started at Fidelity in 2016, but how I got to Fidelity is, is kind of an interesting story. Upon graduating from studying finance at the University of Calgary, uh, I managed to get a job at Tesla Motors, which was really cool working in Alberta, selling electric vehicles. Obviously, that was a bit challenging, but I wanted to kind of find a job that married all of the finance and business acumen that I had just spent four years studying but also something that had kind of a sales role because I really fell in love with that while I was at Tesla. So I managed to find Fidelity Investments on my Haskane business portal and applied and have never looked back. It's been a really awesome career journey for me. Um, so I've been here for six years. And even over those six years, I've, I've occupied four distinctly unique roles, which I'm sure we'll get into. But presently, I work in advisor sales, um, servicing about 400 clients in the territory of Manitoba. Fantastic. Thank you, Kate. And yeah, very different experiences and different backgrounds and different positions. We're going to dive into that in a couple of minutes. Patrick, how about yourself? Yes, thanks, Quinn. So for how I got started at Fidelity, after graduating from Bishop's University in Sherbrooke, Quebec, hopped in a van and drove to Vancouver for my now fiancé. Uh, fiance. I had never been to Vancouver before, so what I started doing is attending uh, Bishop's alumni events in Vancouver. And I uh, went through this fundraiser where I met an alumni introduced me to Fidelity. So I started as a business development associate in January 2015, which was entry level at the time, but looked quite different than it is today. And a year later, I was promoted to business development manager. Then a few years later, I moved into the uh, manager of regional sales role, manager of regional sales for Vancouver. And uh, like you mentioned, my role is really just you know, focused on trying to make everyone's lives easier. So both of you serve very important purposes at the company and within the sales function. And maybe I can pick up on something, Kate, that you mentioned, that you work in the advisor sales unit, which is a core part of Fidelity Investments Canada and our business. And maybe we can start kind of shaping today's conversation by really defining what the role of the advisor sales team here is at Fidelity. And Kate, you know, with your experience, I pass the question to you to kind of explain or give an overview of what advisor sales looks like here at Fidelity. Sure. I hope I do it justice because like you said, Quinn, it is an integral part of uh, Fidelity's business. And in a nutshell, I act as a consultant, business partner to financial planners and brokers. So let's unpack that a little bit. Fidelity, as you may or may not know, is one of the largest asset management firms in the world with $3.2 trillion under management. And you might be on the call wondering, okay, well, how come I've never heard about Fidelity? Which would be fair because to be frank, I hadn't either before I started at Fidelity. And the reason why is because Fidelity is not a direct sales shop. So you won't see Fidelity positioned on the street in between like RBC and CIBC or what have you. What you need to do in order to purchase Fidelity is have a financial planner or work with a broker. And we are responsible for advising those financial planners and brokers on what to purchase for the end investor. So that's pretty much my role. I act as a consultant to business brokers and financial planners and let them know what they should be buying in order to best service their end investors. So I work on a team of three and across Canada, there's 60 teams of three. So it's a massive sales team and there's tons of opportunity in terms of where you can be situated geographically as well as in your role. And I'm sure we'll get into that as well. And Kate, one thing when we were talking and prepping for this conversation is that relationship between your teams, your sales team mm -hmm. of three and the advisor, you know, is a varying skill set and different skills that you need to build those relationships and relationship building is a super important part. Can you talk a little bit about how you build those relationships and the skills involved in building really good relationships with these advisors? 
Sure, I definitely can. I don't think I'm saying anything new in, in establishing that any good sales relationship is, is really built on that bond that you're forging with you and your client. And a lot of that just has to do with developing your credibility and bringing your personality to the forefront. So even if you don't have the business acumen or the finance acumen, you know, are you following up like you said you would? Are you somebody who remembers details about people? I tend to be one of those people. I may not remember a formula from school, but I'll be darned if I forget your birthday every year. So it's just about, you know, forging that relationship with people because it is really that that transcends everything else in a sales role. When markets get choppy or when businesses change or when new regulations come out, you think to yourself, who's a trusted partner that I have and who do I want to call first? And that's what we strive to do at Fidelity is to be the first call in, in good times, in bad times, and always the one that you think of as, as a good steward of service. So the relationship building is, is really paramount to your success in sales. Oh, definitely. And being a trusted partner is super important. Patrick, maybe I can pivot to you. You're responsible as the manager of regional sales for varying levels of the sales organization and team in the Vancouver office. Maybe you can give a brief overview of what does that development path kind of look like? Yes, so thanks, Quinn. So first, I would just say that something important to note about our structure is that we only promote from within and that everyone starts entry level. So this makes us very unique. And the entry level in advisor sales when everyone starts is the business development representative role where your day is, is quite structured and you work in client services, mostly taking inbound calls from advisors. So during your time as a business development representative, you get extensive training and valuable experiences that will build uh, your foundation that will carry over into all future roles. You'll learn how to uh, interact with advisors, how to build relationships, uh, how to solve problems, create high quality experiences. You learn about our processes. Uh, you learn about our massive product lineup. <laughs> You learn about the capital markets. From there, you would then move up to the business development associate role, uh, where you then work in a team of three, um, covering a territory of roughly, depending on where you are, it could be like four to 800 financial advisors. This role and future roles then become very fluid and you essentially decide your own schedule. So it looks very different than when you first start. And the other two roles on that team of three uh, or the business development manager role and the district vice president role, which are the next steps respectively. And in these two roles, it's, it's, I feel like it's really when you become the um, financial advisor's advisor. This is the typical structure, but it's not to say that you can't move into various roles and take a bit of a different path. So um, I'm going to highlight someone we work with called Rory. He started in our back office for the first couple of years at Fidelity. He then moved to business development associate, then business development manager roles. Um, but then he took a bit of a different approach. He then moved to a product analyst role and is now the liquid alternative strategist for Canada. So, uh, you know, a bit of a, a different path, but to highlight that, what I just highlighted was, was uh, the typical structure, but you don't have to follow that all the time. But for my big rant, I guess the key takeaway is that there's a, a clear career path in advisor sales, um, where you have the opportunity to grow and, and move up the ranks quickly due to our unique internal promotion structure. So hopefully that all made sense. Yeah, definitely. And I think we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about structure in the sales organization. We have lots of time here. Maybe I can pivot to Kate, because one other you know, part of our sales structure and program is that we do have one of the biggest, if not the biggest sales you know, organization structure in the industry. And we range from coast to coast, 
and with moving across. And maybe you could talk a little bit about, you know, the expansion of our sales structure and then the opportunities uh, within the different regions as, as well. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Quinn. I think, you know, as a launchpad for that, what Patrick said is is really integral to a career at Fidelity in that if you are successful in landing a position at Fidelity, what you've really done is is secured a career at Fidelity. And that's because we do only promote from within for the most part. And Fidelity is entirely committed to retaining top talent. So they like to keep it interesting for the talent that it's acquired. And part of that involves different challenges and different roles and different promotions and the ability to go cross country if necessary. So within the Calgary office alone, most of the team that works there has occupied positions in Toronto. Some of them have gone on to take positions in Vancouver, uh, Edmonton. We've got Winnipeg. It's it's really a cross-country organization. And that's really important because when you want to look for a firm that you want to have a career at, you have to ask yourself, is this a company that's invested in keeping me, invested in keeping me challenged and occupied, and I don't want to have a static role for six years? And is this a company that I can move and grow with? And that's really something that Fidelity is, is maintaining to commit to its clients and its investors because it wants to maintain that top talent that it's acquired. So really, it's it's a career path. And if you're looking at a company, you have to ask, is it a company that supports my career path, you know, in not just a traditional, you know, launchpad way? No, it's a great summary, Kate, and really good points about the progression and the, the development path in front of you if you enter in a career in sales, especially here at Fidelity. And Kate, maybe I'll pass this question to you, talking about the differences between advisor sales and the retail side of our business versus, say, institutional. The words you'll hear retail or advisor, wholesale versus institutional, it can sometimes be confusing. Maybe you can kind of differentiate between what the advisor sales, retail and institutional is. Part of that 3.2 trillion assets under management that I alluded to in my intro is institutional money. And what does institutional mean? Well, these are large scale deals that are often involved in managing pension money. So, for example, if you have parents that work at the city of Calgary or maybe at Costco, for example, once they retire, they'll have a pension that's paid out in perpetuity. So Fidelity is responsible for finding companies and and major organizations to manage those pension funds for people. So really highlights Fidelity as a conservative and, and trusted shop as well, that these mega cap companies all across the world entrust Fidelity with the retirement monies of so many individuals. So that's the institutional side. And then the retail side, the advisor sales side, which I do and which Patrick manages, is focused on the end investor. So I hope that makes sense as a distinction. It does, yeah. Kate, thank you very much. Very good summary. Patrick, I'm gonna transition our conversation a little bit to talking about what requirements, what are you looking for in an entry-level salesperson? We've talked a bit about what that entry point would be as a business development representative. As someone who you know, is part of that interview and hiring process, what do you look for in potential candidates for the BDR role? Yeah, so for what we look for, um, we've, we mentioned this a couple of times now, but given our unique structure where we only promote from within, you know, you, we're, when we're meeting with a candidate, we're thinking, you know, not just are they going to be great at the entry level role, we're thinking, are they going to be amazing several roles down the road? So we're looking for ambitious people who want to con- uh, continuously grow um, move up the ladder. You know, we're looking for people who are curious, always open to learning. You know, like you mentioned, when we have really amazing training program, you're constantly going through uh, training on basically everything. So people want to constantly learn. I think for uh, advisor sales or institutional sales, uh, resilience is important. 
things aren't always going to go your way. So, and, and also have the ability to constantly reinvent yourself. Industry is very, very quick moving. Having strong communication skills, ability to work in a team, like we mentioned, once you get to that business development associate role, you work very closely in, the, in that team of three. Leadership, social skills, um, and also people who just have uh, you know, various hobbies and passions. We love to hear about that. People have a lot of passions and hobbies. Uh, tend to find um, have very successful careers at Fidelity. So hopefully, uh, I didn't miss anything. No, I think that's a great summary. But there's a question here, and Patrick, I'll, I'll kick it right to you quickly. Do you have to have prior sales experience um, to, to be effective or to start off as a business development representative? Is it a pre-requirement, a prerequisite, if you will? I wouldn't say so. I don't think you have to have sales experience. Uh, I think you know, have, having an interest and a passion, capital markets, and just working with people. I think is, is completely fine. So I, I don't view that as a requirement. Kind of similarly to, you know, we don't view have to having a business degree is a requirement either. Like, you know, it's, you know, we, we look for people with a variety of backgrounds and a variety of experiences. And Kate, as someone who is meeting with financial advisors in your role right now as a senior business development manager, maybe I can ask you to take some of the, the points that Patrick just mentioned and put them into practice. When, when it comes to communication skills, problem solving, relationship building, when you're working with advisors, can you give our audience today some examples of how those skills are applied in your, in your scenario? Sure, and I would add on to what Patrick said too, that um, there's a, a great degree of responsibility and autonomy involved in, in working in advisor sales. So just to give you an idea, when I graduated from university, four months later, I was working at Fidelity. I was second in command running a $1.4 billion territory, and that's just 160th of the pie, uh, overseeing 400 clients and advising brokers who had been doing their job for some of them longer than I'd been alive. So <laughs> it really paints a picture of the um, amount of trust that Fidelity puts in you, but that's expected to be reciprocated. So ask yourself, do I have demonstrated um, capabilities of being responsible, of being a leader, of managing multiple responsibilities? And am I comfortable with autonomy? Fidelity will give you the tools and all of the skills necessary to succeed. But how you decide to apply them is, is really a testament to Fidelity's trust to in you to utilize your creativity and your ingenuity. So a lot of it is, is again, back to those relationship management. So you know, imagine you have 400 best friends. That's kind of how I like to think of my territory. You know, is it this person's birthday? I said I would follow up with this one. Like uh, I said, I would get them a proposal. It's that credibility and that trust that you would otherwise reserve for just a best friend, but it's shared amongst 400 to sometimes 600 clients. So all of what Patrick said is, is very true and keen, but a lot of it is responsibility. And, and if you're willing to take that on. So it's a, it's a two-way street for sure. And Patrick... Kate just mentioned that Kate was responsible for a, a territory of $1.4 billion in, in assets covered by these advisors. That's a, a very big responsibility. And perhaps someone watching today being was wondering, how can I become prepared and do what Kate does on an everyday basis? And part of the reason why sales at Fidelity is so amazing is that we have an amazing training program. And maybe you could speak to some examples of what kind of training sales department, what salespeople at Fidelity are, are given really. Um, to make them successful in their role. Can you speak to that? Yes. So like Kate mentioned, is it, it's, it can be a little stressful when you start, first start working. Where you're thinking, oh my goodness, so much responsibility. And uh, like Kate mentioned too, uh, Fidelity gives you all the tools and training so that you're ready for any role. I can confidently say that we have the best training program in the street. Uh, each role has several 
phases of training where each phase builds off the previous one. We'll train you on everything from uh, capital markets and, and financial products to, uh, you know, we get the world's top body language expert to work with you, even some one-on-one -on -one coaching, which is amazing. Teach on how to do speed reading, presentation skills, advanced etiquette skills. And, you know, that my etiquette skills training might sound a little bit silly, but when you have a dinner or lunch or with a very high net worth team of clients, uh, it is very important, I found. We even had, a, at one point, I had an image consultant uh, come out to Vancouver to look over my wardrobe and uh, provide me insight and tell you know, what are my colors and patterns and, and where I should gravitate. Patrick, so what are cool... you? Are you a, a winter, a spring, or a summer? What are you? I'm a winter. I'm a winter <laughs> me too. Southern spirit on, of course. Okay, <laughs> spirit on, of course. Um, yeah, so you know, I, I probably missed a few things, but you know, we cover a huge variety of things. And so I think, I think you know, a lot of the, the, the things you get trained on um, allows you to develop your skills and knowledge that I think really car carries over into all of life's aspects, not just right. specific roles at Fidelity, which I think is amazing. So, Kate, I might have missed a bunch more things, but I think, you know, for me, top of head, like those are the ones that really stood out for me. I think you covered it, Patrick. Like, really, it's, you know, sometimes I liken our training program at Fidelity to like a mini MBA. You know, we get the we have the privilege of meeting with people who are delivering TED Talks to tens of thousands of people one on one. So Fidelity is wholly committed to sourcing the best people to come in and speak to its sales team because it wants the best sales team. So that's that two way street that I was talking about. It's it's a dual commitment level. So you shouldn't feel intimidated coming into such a, a reputable firm because you know that the training is equally reputable. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Actually, I should add one thing too. Sorry, Quinn. Go ahead. I just on that topic of training, um, I just want to quickly note that We'll also cover the cost of various third-party courses, so like CFA, CIM, CIS, many other courses. You know, we'll cover like books, courses, exams, licensing. Um, once you know you've passed everything, um, you know, for MBAs, we'll cover up to a maximum of ten thousand dollars annually, and we'll also accommodate schedule-wise. So I just want to throw that in as well. Ultimately, you both provided so many examples of the training that's available. And the ultimate result is to give you confidence in your role to set you up to be successful. And I think Fidelity does a great job of doing that. And both of you have given examples of that. What is the biggest challenge you know, for new people starting off in sales? Both of you obviously started as um, business development associates. Maybe you can talk about some of the learnings and early challenges that you had and how you overcame them. Sure. Two things like immediately jump out. I remember when I first started, it's an acronym heavy industry. So people would be speaking in acronyms and I'd be like, Who, what are you talking about? <laughs> so um, I remember that was sort of a learning curve because everybody at Fidelity or for the most part has already done your job. So they're so much more intimately familiar with your role than you are. But that's also a great thing because you have a host of people with whom you can reach out and, and kind of get an idea of how to do your job. So that's really nice that everyone who is above you has probably already done your job. Um, so it's, it's easier to get over that learning curve. I would say too, it's challenging to, to start to make those relationships with your clients, especially if you cover a remote territory, you know, like I started in the Calgary office covering Manitoba. So how am I supposed to forge those BFF relationships with people that can't even see me face to face? And it's really about making the commitment and the effort to get out to your territory. I fly out to Winnipeg when we are permitted to travel at least once a month because it is those face-to-face -face relationships that really make a difference. And part of that, too, is that I get to host people, you know, for dinners, for events, Cirque du Soleil, hockey games. Like, it's not all business. It's about business relationships. So that's one way to overcome that. 
And maybe, Kate, I'll put you on the spot with another question. I think it's a good one that you can answer is, what are the type of conversations that you have in sales with the advisors? You know, you're in the office with the financial mm-hmm. advisor. Can you give an example of the type of things that you're going back and forth and discussing? During the day, it's portfolio analysis, capital markets commentary. And then by night, like I said, it's business development. So going out for dinners and events and hosting and whatnot. Um, and of course, talking about business as well. But during the day, um, an average, I'll receive at least 10 to 15 client calls or client emails or client meetings in which someone is presenting a case. Okay, I have an investor. They've got $500,000. They're retiring in three years. They need this type of income. What do you suggest? That is the bulk of my job. What do you suggest? And then it's all about me and my team putting together a case for why Fidelity is the best, why you should be investing with Fidelity. Here are your other options and really helping them sell the product. So that's ultimately what I do most of the day. Other parts of the day include talking about the markets. You know, what's going on? I just read this headline. Can you tell me about it? And the beauty is, even if I'm not fully up to speed on everything, I know that the minds of Fidelity are. So for the most part, I act as a mouthpiece for the brilliant minds that work at Fidelity. I didn't go to Harvard or MIT. I'm not a portfolio manager. We have people that do that and then write reports. And then I'm able to put a sales spin and communicate that to clients. So again, you have all the materials necessary in order to fake it till you make it. (laughs) Not a good way to say it, but you are so supported. It's really easy to kind of do your job in that sense because you have all of this information. It's just how you personally funnel it and and pitch it and sell it. Yeah, Kate, when you work at Fidelity, there's a lot of smart people in every single role and the information's at your fingertips and we get it to our clients as fast as we can. Great summary there. Patrick, we're tight for time, but I want to pass this question to you uh, to close us off. And that's really for our sales roles. Do we hire year round? Are there certain points of the year where we're hiring? Maybe you can give us a quick summary of our kind of like hiring process from your perspective. Mm-hmm. So uh, we like to hire in classes. So uh, we like to hire people all across the country, uh, you know, in the Calgary, Montreal, Vancouver, Toronto offices. We try and do it at the same time. So we'll do training together. I think typically it's every every couple months we'll have a class, but it really varies. Uh, like we just had a few. We had uh, several in the last two months. So a few more than typical. But uh, yeah, usually it's in classes and it's every few months. So it really, it really varies. I don't think there is. It's not the same reoccurring type classes every single year. But yeah. Hopefully that, hopefully that helps. No, it definitely does. Patrick, Kate, it's amazing to have you guys you know, join this conversation today. I think we've really painted a clear picture of what sales at Fidelity is all about. And it's really thanks to the two of you for giving those examples and, and walking everyone through your own experiences here at Fidelity. So thank you both for joining us today. Thanks, Quinn. It was a real pleasure and a treat to speak with everyone. And if you have any other questions, feel free to reach out to me or, or Patrick on LinkedIn. Happy to continue the conversation. Absolutely. Thanks for uh, having us. A lot of great questions. And uh, yeah, like like Kate said, don't hesitate to reach out. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Patrick. Thank you, Kate. Um, For anyone interested in learning more about our our sales roles that um, we're hiring for at this current moment in time, please visit fidelity.ca and our careers page for any open roles. And if you're interested in a pull-up position um, in the summer of 2022, roles will become available uh, on fidelity.ca and your local school job boards um, in the new year. Thanks very much for joining us today. I'm Quinn Flaherty, and I hope to see you next time on Fidelity. Thanks for listening to the Fidelity Next podcast, brought to you by Fidelity Investments Canada. You can visit fidelity.ca for details on future live webcasts, follow Fidelity Canada on Twitter, and subscribe to our podcast on your podcast platform of choice. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave a review or a five-star rating. Thanks.
See you next time.